Think about the times when you stamp out fires each day. Think about the times when your stress level goes straight through the roof. Think about the times where you just had a conversation with someone. You don't even remember what you talked about, but you do know one thing. You have no energy left. They just took it all from you. There's nothing left. All of those three things have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Joining me today is E.A. Solkovitz. He's the founder and patriarch of Givers University. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today, E.A. Thank you so much for having me on your great podcast, and I look forward to being able to share with your listeners uh, hopefully some great content and maybe uh, uh, some thought-provoking content to maybe look at things in ways a little bit different than maybe they have in the past. Wonderful. The first thing I like to do with all of my guests is have them talk a little bit about uh, where they came from and how they ended up doing what they're doing now. So to give us a quick glimpse into your backstory, can you tell us what happened in your life to lead you to founding Givers University? Sure. Uh, And and it seemed like you emphasized a little, and then I heard (laughs) quick in there. So it it made me think, I wonder if she's heard one of my other interviews because she's telling me, you know, keep it sharp. Anyway, so the... (laughs) Because I should warn your listeners, I I usually don't say anything in 10 minutes if I can say it in 20. So I appreciate the extra prodding, you know. Uh, so uh, sort of go back in time to, to share with your listeners a little bit, which which really, it, it really does show that sometimes some of the most amazing, spectacular, life-changing events happen in the most insignificant moments when we least suspect it, when we're not looking for it. And it seems like it's so small, it's like on the edge of a dime. And yet it changes radically the direction of our life. Um, and, and that's really sort of what happened that ultimately brought about Givers University. So to digress in time and go backwards, uh, I was son of a milkman. My father, you know, I'm, I'm 65 years old today. So not today, today, but this year. And, uh, and, and you know, back then when I was five years old, helping my father on his milk route, uh, milk still came in glass jugs, there were glass gallon containers, and there was a box outside everyone's house called the milkman box, right? And and you know what was amazing was that there was always money in the box, always milkman money, and no one touched it. No one, not one time did anyone ever touch the milkman money. So a little bit different than today's days, right? I mean, today's ages. So and uh, so my father was, you know, distributor for this company called Twin Oaks Dairy, he had his own route, one man operation. And, uh, and, and so very humble upbringing, nothing unusual or spectacular other than, you know, I saw my father getting up at three in the morning, every morning and working and chopping up ice and putting it in the truck. Cause you know, only the big 18 wheelers had refrigeration back then. So, uh, and then at ripe old age 16, I decided to become my first big step into prosperity and I became a janitor. Now 
I didn't mind. I didn't mind being a janitor because business was always picking up. <laughs> what? Anyway, so the uh, so here I was, ripe old age of sixteen, and here's what's amazing. You think what could be more lowly than the janitor profession, right? Probably two of the most amazing events that ever happened in my life happened when I was a janitor. Uh, the first one was at 16 years old, I was able to be bonded, which means insured. So as a janitor, that uh, that means if my buffer hit something when I was doing a floor, the, the insurance company would pay for it, right? I was bonded. And uh, because of that, I was able to be in expensive places. I was able to be in expensive homes. And one of the homes I cleaned every Wednesday and I'll say the name of the lady and I won't mean anything to your listeners until I make the movie reference, then they'll know who I'm talking about. Um, and, and every single Wednesday, I cleaned the house of a lady and her name was June Martino. Now, June Martino, when I met her when I was 16, she had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's hamburgers. If any of your listeners have ever seen the movie, it's called The Founder with Michael Keaton. He plays Ray Kroc. Uh, it's actually an excellent watch. Uh, I can tell you listeners, because I lived in the Oak Brook area where the world headquarters of McDonald's was for the first 30 years of my life. So I witnessed the whole McDonald's phenomenon. I was there, literally lived in, you know, it was their world headquarters in Oak Brook and that's where I lived. So, I mean, I saw this whole thing and June Martino was an icon of the area. In the movie, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc. The movie has a lot of Hollywood spin. I can share with you, you know, it's based on events that did take place, but the way it's portrayed, Ray wasn't that way. And, you know, I mean, it's all Hollywood drama, right? Normal Hollywood stuff. But uh, in any event, Ray Kroc, Michael Keaton, is constantly talking to a lady outside his office all the time. And in the movie, did you see the movie by chance? I haven't, but I'm going to go look at it Okay, now. <laughs> check it out. Yeah, it's called The Founder, right? And just remember, it didn't happen that way. And Ray wasn't that way because they make him out to be a little bit different than he really was. But anyway, he's talking to this lady outside his office all the time. That lady in the movie, who's in the entire movie, that's June Martino. That's the lady whose house I cleaned, right? Wow. And uh, she, was with, she was with Ray uh, before he even met the McDonald's brothers when he was a milkshake mixer salesman. So I was cleaning her house every Wednesday, and this is what was astonishing to me. I always thought to be successful, you had to be a little bit of a jerk and sort of a me-only person, and I don't care about everyone else, and I'm a take, 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 right? She was so the opposite. It was incomprehensible to me. So approachable, so nice, and here I am cleaning, and back then it was a million-dollar home, and I was 16 years old, so who knows how many millions it would be worth today. She lived in an area called Ginger Creek, a, a, a part of sort of annexed to the Oak Brook area, if you will. Very exclusive area, a lot of mansions, that kind of thing. And uh, so it, one day I could tell, you know, and I was in there every Wednesday. So she was always said hi, even if I was looking down at the floor and she walked through the room because I was buffing or something, she'd say hi, I mean, very approachable, right? And uh, so one day she was in extra good mood and I went up to her and I said, man, this is it. I'm going to ask June Martino the I question. So I'm shaking in my janitorial boots as I walk up to her. And I said, uh, and I said, uh, hi, June. And she said, hi. You know, I mean, she knew who I was. I was saw me every Wednesday and always said hi, uh, you know, and uh, hello. And uh, I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. And I said, uh, well, could you tell me about it? She said, well, what's that? She said, uh, I said, could you, the whole McDonald's thing, could you tell me about it? I'm not kidding. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen and the entire day, because I asked her in the morning, the entire day told me the whole story, step by step, all the way through from where she started working for Ray before he met the brothers, the McDonald's brothers, 
all the way to the minute we're sitting in the kitchen. She even had the maiden butler bringing us food so she could keep telling me the story. Wow. And I thought, man, this is crazy. I'm 16 years old. You know, she must be talking to someone else or think I'm someone else. I mean, you know, she's her whole day. She's investing, telling me the story. And at one time, by the way, this next thing I'm going to say is portrayed in the movie. There's a time in the movie where June goes to Ray. June Martino goes to Ray Kroc and says, Ray, we got a problem. And she shows him because she's keeping the book. She said, we don't have any money. We're out of money. And he just can't believe it. So that causes him to call the, call the brothers. They have an, a drama scene on, you know, which it didn't happen that way, but it did happen that they didn't have any money. So she told me she made an agreement to work for him for no money. And I, and, and uh, he would give her worth less than zero company stock and she would keep working for him. So I, I, so I just asked her, I said, June, I got to ask you, why'd you do it? I said, I'm a janitor. You know, I work, I, I get paid every Friday and I live paycheck to paycheck. So if I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. I mean, I need to be, I need that paycheck. Why'd you do it? I'm not kidding. She sat back, did this eye lock on me and left the room. I mean, mentally left the room as she's staring at me. And I realized right then this six, this not no 16 year old kid had just asked her a question. No one ever asked her before. Everyone to know what happened with McDonald's, but no one ever wanted to know why. So I, and I just asked her why, you know, why'd you do it? And when she spoke, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I remember what she said, the way she said it. And my first thought after even decades later, when I said, June, why'd you work for nothing? Get stock that was worth less than zero. It was underwater. Why'd you do it? And she spoke. Because I believed in Ray. And I remember my first thought was, that's it. That's the answer. I need to find me a Ray Kroc. I, that's what I need. You know, I need, it didn't work, didn't work out too bad for her, obviously, you know, cause everyone knew the story. Ray sort of brought her under his wing, if you will. And, you know, here I'm cleaning her million dollar home. I thought, that's it. I don't even know what I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to ask. I don't know the questions I'm supposed to ask. All I know is someone else knows that and I got to meet whoever that is. So I need a Ray Kroc. And that was my first touch with something that later on I learned the word was mentor. But I didn't know how to spell it. You know, I think I spent my hooked on my you know spent my hooked on phonics money on something else. You know, I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't know what a mentor was. I didn't know what they did. All I knew is I knew I needed a Ray Kroc, right? And uh, it wasn't two or three months. And I, and what's funny is my next thought was I threw it out there. All this, by the way, has to do with amazingly enough the formation of Givers University. I threw it out there, and I just remember throwing it out there. Where's my Ray Kroc? Where would I find him? And then about two or three months later, got a phone call at the same janitorial service. This is event number two coming up. And my boss answers the phone. It's at night. It's just him and I talking. It's after dinner time. And I'm sort of talking. I punched out already. And it's just him and I at the office. Phone rings. He picks it up, talks a few minutes, hangs up the phone. He's, well, that's some guy from Detroit. And uh, he's opening a jewelry, a diamond store, jewelry store in Berkeley, Illinois, suburb, another suburb of Chicago. And he's leaving on an airplane going back tomorrow to Detroit. So he needs to see some carpeting tonight uh, because they're doing this rebuild to make this jewelry store, this diamond store. And I said, uh, okay, uh, so what's that got to do with me? He said, well, I need you to go. And I said, Jerry, owner of the company, I said, I'm not going. I've already punched out. I've already punched out. I've been cleaning all day. I'm, I'm, ex I'm exhausted. I'm tired, man. I'm, you know, I want to go home. It's after dinner time already. He said, no, man, I need you to go. I got to stay here at the office. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. He's, and he said, 
all right, I, I need you to go do this carpet job. You got to estimate it for me. I said, Jerry, you know, I don't know how to estimate carpeting. I clean it. I can vacuum it. I don't know how to measure it because you got to do the, the nap has got to line up just right when you do the measurements and the, you know, the, the grain of the carpet. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. He goes, well, just call me on the phone and take this measuring wheel. I said, Jerry, I'm not doing that. So now I've said no three times. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off you want if you'll go. And now for a janitor, that's a huge negotiation chip because we clean when businesses are closed. So Saturday, we're cleaning morning till night, right? And I thought, so I, I wanted to make sure he wasn't tricking my ears. So I said, <laughs> any Saturday I want off? And he sighed and he said, yeah, any Saturday. I said, okay, Jerry. So I open up uh, the back of my car, the hatchback, and I throw the carpet samples in. So now it's, you know, getting, it's way past midnight, past uh, dinner time. It's getting dark out. Now, now, to set the stage for listeners, I've said no three times. I don't want to go. I'm talking myself out of it as I'm driving. I don't want to, and, and, you know, here I am, I'm a Chicago boy, you know, what, and what do I want to meet a guy from Detroit anyway? Seriously? You know, I mean, who cares about that? And I don't know anything about carpeting. I don't know how to measure it. I have all these things going through my head and all the reasons not to do it. Little do I know, I'm getting ready to meet my Ray Kroc. I'm getting ready to meet the man who will be the father I never had, even though I had a father. And I will be the son he never had, even though he had a son. This is my mentor, my Ray Kroc. And I'm giving myself every reason not to. And I don't even know this because, it, I, you know, I, I'm just, all I know is I'm tired, you know, and I'm going to do something I don't want to do. So I meet this guy. Have you ever had the time where, and I shared with, ask your listeners, where you met someone and the comfort level was so high that you felt like you already, maybe already knew them somehow, even though you knew you didn't. Have you ever had like that feeling? It's just, you can't, it's inexplicable, but you feel it, you know, it's just right there. And he said, man, I could just, I could talk to this person about anything, right? It was that kind of thing. So we talked for a couple of hours. The carpet was a no sale because we just had commercial stuff for offices and he wanted something real plush for this diamond store, right? So I'm throwing the samples back in the car after a couple of hours and he offers me a job. I say, no, again, this is no number four, right? And I, I said, man, I don't, no, I, I don't know anything about, it. I'm a janitor. He goes, no, I'll teach you. I teach, I'll teach you. I said, no. I said, I only know two things about diamonds. Number one, they're really expensive. Number two, someday a lady's going to ask me for one. That's all I know about diamonds. He said, I'll teach you. And I said, no, I'm all set. Now this is the fifth time I've said no. And I'm getting what I asked for and I'm saying no to it, right? And it, it's, it's offering itself to me. And uh, so finally, as I'm walking out the door, said no the fifth time to this whole event now through between my boss and this guy. And, uh, and as I'm walking out, he said, what do you got to lose? Could always go back being a janitor. And I said, no, nah, I'm all set. People always make mess. I can always clean it up. I, my, my success is assured. I'll always have a job. And I left. So now six times I've said no. I'm driving home. It's almost midnight. But he knew that what he said was going to get my goat. He knew it was going to hook me when he said it. And the way he said it, too, was a tiny bit snide. Like, you know, you could always go back being a janitor. I mean, what, what do you got to lose with this thing? Right? So now it's bugging me. It's starting to grind on me. And I'm halfway home. And I thought, you know what? It's almost midnight now. And I'm thinking, he's right. I'm going to find out exactly what he meant by that. So I turned the car around thinking he's probably already going to be gone. He's still there. Right. 
because he was going to be leaving in the morning for back to Detroit. So I said, what do you got? What, what do you, what do you, what, what are you talking about here? Anyway, I started working for him, worked for him for a few years. Uh, by the time I, when I was 19 years old, I asked him the big question. I said, Sam, his name was Sam Robbins. I said, will you teach me everything? I mean, everything. Don't hold back. I want you to teach me everything. He said, okay, I will. But I want one thing from you. When the time is right, and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as possible everything that I teach you. So at 19 years old, I made an oath. I made a vow. And I made a commitment that is today manifest as Givers University. That's the background story of how it all came about. Wow. <laughs> and now I've got goosebumps. And the <laughs> that was an amazing story. Thank you very much for sharing that. That I don't know how you're going to top that with the rest of the, uh, the rest of the interview. That was awesome. <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> there's, there's the answer. I, I don't think I will be. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> I don't even know what to say now. Tell us, tell us what is the difference between a giver and a taker? Very good. And, and that gets to it. And thank you. And that, that gets us to the, the heart of what we teach and, and, and all everything that's taught at Givers University is the condensation really of, you know, uh, his years of being my mentor. Um, he earned to show you what an incredible man he was during the depression. When people were jumping off of buildings because everything was so awful multi-mile soup lines. He earned a million dollars in one year. Wow. An amazing, amazing man. And uh, I was so blessed to have him as my mentor. And, and then, uh, and then subsequently later, I had a radio talk show uh, for two years. And in two years time, I interviewed over 1000 millionaires. And during that time period, I, all of that information, all the things I was able to ask them off the air, which I was really interested in, more so than even the actual interview, right? I wanted to ask them these questions that no one else was going to hear but my ears that they could tell me, right? Uh, how about this and how about that? So all of that became Givers University. And, and, and so what we teach at Givers University through a course, we have, we have uh, three courses. The one series is called Give to Be Great. If you want to be great, there's only one way to really be great, and that's to be a giver, to give, to be great. And the first one's called the giver's mindset. Then there's a the giver's lifestyle and the giver's lifelong learning. It's three courses within the series. And within those courses, we teach people a skill that simply is not being taught today. The reason I know it's not being taught is because, well, since April, I've done over 110 podcast interviews since this past April. Wow. And I can share with you, not one person has told me this is being taught anywhere else. And it's a skill that's so vital. And it's a skill that we, in one word, I would call discernment. How to discern in our relationship. So what we do with Givers University is we, first of all, I say to your listeners, we love everybody. I say it again, we love everybody. And what we teach, we teach people how to separate the person who we love from their deeds which we may not love. And we teach people how to separate that and how to observe, how to become aware and observe what people are doing, observe their deeds, not what they're saying, but what they're doing. 
And we actually have even checklists that actually go through. These are the deeds. These are the things you should be watching them doing. And when you see them doing these certain things, you can think you now want to discern and think, should I pull them closer into my life? Because givers bring with them the three W's of a giver, wisdom, wealth, and wellness, or because of what I'm watching them do, these actual deeds, should I begin to respectfully distance myself, not rude or nasty or insensitive, respectfully distance myself from them because takers bring with them the three D's of takers, which is defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And if I bring them closer into my life, they're going to make me unwilling collateral damage. So I can share with your listeners a couple of thought-provoking thoughts, and they are as follows. Think about the times when you stamp out fires each day. Think about the times when your stress level goes straight through the roof. Think about the times where you just had a conversation with someone. You don't even remember what you talked about, but you do know one thing. You have no energy left. They just took it all from you. There's nothing left. All of those three things have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. And so when we're stomping out fires, when our stress level is going up, when our energy is getting drained, we're not having the happiest life we could have. We're not being as productive as we could. And no one's teaching everyone else, how do you discern who you should have in your life? Now, I'm a self-improvement geek. I love self-improvement. I'm positive you are. I'm sure many of your listeners are. We love this uh, self-growth and self-improvement. But no one's teaching us, how about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should I do about that? And so we teach people, begin to discern and don't listen to what they're saying. Watch what they do. Become aware. And we actually give them checklists. Like I mentioned, they can download them. We say, download, put them in your pocket. Walk around with them and begin to discern because discernment in relationships is a skill set that no one is simply teaching today. And what happens is we get these people into our life and all of a sudden they go, oh boy, what am I doing? You know, it's sort of like you see them walking at you and you go, oh, here they come again, you know. And, but no one taught us how to not be in that position to begin with. What should I have been looking for? What should I have been discerning, you know, as a result of that? So we teach basically discernment. We've done some research ourselves and, and we've determined that about 60% of the population are givers. That means you put them in any situation, doesn't matter what it is, in a short period of time, they will begin investing, they'll begin helping, they'll begin sharing, they'll be the first one to step forward and say, I'll do that. You know, they, they're givers, they're just they're wired that way. Now, the other extreme, the other side of the Grand Canyon are what we call takers and about 20% of the population are takers. That means you put them in any situation, spiritually, socially, morally, mentally, family, doesn't matter what it is. They will craft a way and in a short period of time, begin taking from it. They're wired that way. Now, wait, we have 20% 20 as givers, 20% as takers. We have 60% left. The 60% in the middle, we call them and refer to them as, I should say, don't call them, we don't label people. We, we refer to them as fencers. And the reason why is they're sitting on the fence all the time. They act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage them. And ideally, what we want to do is surround ourselves with what we call a giver's community. People that are close to us that we know 
how they act. We know their deeds and they will always bring with them the wisdom, wealth, and wellness that we want. And we can give that back to them. And as a result, we all get stronger, right? So we teach people how to go through. It's a process. It's a skill. It's a skill set that has a direct impact on happiness quotient, on the predictability factor of our life, um, how, how, how the results that we can produce in our life, all of these things. Because, you know, we live in a world now where businesses are opening and closing faster than ever before. You know, I remember my lifetime, businesses lasted a couple generations maybe, right? Yep. Now, you know, in, in five or six years, they may come in, explode, get big, and their history, you know, and that's the five or six years, they're opening and closing faster than before. Products being antiquated overnight by new products. What do we have left? Our relationships. And no one's teaching us how to discern in our relationships. So that's what we do that's so unique, that's so different. In fact, we're positive. Givers University is the only one that teaches discernment in relationships. We love everybody. And when we say giver, we're not labeling a person. We're labeling giver deeds. We're labeling their deeds. When we say taker, we're not saying you're a taker. We're saying your deeds are that, that are takerish. Their taker is deeds, right? So as a result of that, I have to tell you that the feedback has been just astounding. And we've been, and, and it, it's just been such a blessing to be able to share it with people and say, wow, that, you know, that's really great stuff. And more people need to hear about that and learn about it. And so it's very, very fortunate. And I have to say it's attributable to my mentor and all those things, you know, that thousand plus millionaires taught me. Wow. So that goes along with the, the thing that lots of people have said over the years is that you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. And now if people would just learn how to figure out which five people they should be spending their time with, they'd all be uh, a little bit better off, I think. You nailed it. Uh, in fact, interestingly enough, I had a gentleman a number of interviews back said, you know, this is great stuff. I just read this book saying what you just said. Yeah. He said, I just read this book. It says, I just found myself a great with five good people. And I said, you're right. You should question for you. How do you find them? Which five? Which five? And he just like stared at me. And I said, you see my point? I said, what they're saying is accurate, but how do you know which five? You know, the, the, the premise is accurate, but how do you discern which one of those five? And so we, we actually have broken it down, what I call very granular, the very, where you can no longer say, how do I do that? Right? Because so much information out there today is broad, innocuous, you know, swaths of information, you know, and you're not, a, you hear this stuff and it sounds, wow, that's really good. But then you think, oh, what do I, how do I, how do I apply that? What do I do with it? It sounded good, but I don't know. How you, and, and I can share with you over the years, certainly I've met a lot of what I call educated idiots. You know, <laughs> people have all these brains, you know, all this book information they can spew at you. But when that gets down to actual execution and implementation, zero skills. And I'll, tell, and I'll grab a hold of someone with implementation and execution skills any day over an educated idiot who can just spew the information back at me, right? So as a result of that, we, we teach people this skill and, and they learn and, and they watch their lives improve as a direct result of being more discerning. We teach them through the courses. What if you have someone in your life who's maybe being a little too takerish? What do you do about that? You know? And then how do you start discerning in advance what are some of the things you look for before you pull them in close so that you can start to discern that and watch how it has an impact on your life. 
just that simple. And, and actually, and then the, the results that people get are extraordinary. And that's why we say givers earn three times more because givers discern three times more. Discernment is not being taught today. And that's what you just said. That was what I was going to ask. You spend your time getting to know someone and then you discover that their tendencies are as a taker. You've invested all that time. So it would be nice to be able to do that discernment a little bit sooner before you invest that time. Although the spending the time with them is a good thing. Um, yes. Maybe you're going to be one of the five on the upper end of their five people and you know change them a little bit. For sure, for sure. And and one of the things that's important is maybe some of your listeners right now are thinking, you know, this is really good stuff. And I have someone in my family that's being a little takerish. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and you know, they, they need to be there needs this topic needs to be discussed with them. Someone needs to approach it, but they don't want to because they love them. They don't want to hurt their feelings, you know, but they know it needs to be addressed. This person's being takerish, right? Do you know one of the best things they could do? is share an excellent podcast called Beyond Retirement. Here's why. The reason why is simple. It's a third party. They can say, you know what? I heard this great interview. And it was really thought provoking. It made me think about things I hadn't thought about before. Do me a favor, listen to it. And tell me what you think of it. You never know. It might open up their mind because with all the things that we teach through the Give to Be Great series, there's an automatic, as we're discerning our relationships, there's an automatic built-in self-assessment part that exists. So they're looking at these lists of deeds and they go, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> there I am right there. I need to work on that. So what happens is it could have a direct impact. So I share with your listeners, you want to find out if you're a giver? Share beyond retirement with other people and let them see and let them listen to this interview and how not only this great podcast, because, you know, retirement's way different than it was years ago. You know, when I was a little kid, when people talked about retirement, it was a thing they dreamed of, you know, and, and now people are retiring two things, which are so much better than retiring and three years later dying, you know, exactly. and, uh, and, and, and it's a great, it's an awesome thing. And, and for you to be able to guide people through that and with the baby boomers, one of which I am, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, as that age group, if you will, gets into, you know, the retirement category and, you know, I've got mine all worked out when I, I'm 65. Now, when I hit 70, I'm going to go down to five days a week. And then when I hit 75, I'm going down to four days a week. When I hit 80, I'm going down to three days a week. And when I hit 85, I'm going down to two days a week. And I think I'm going to be hovering right around there for a little bit. So I've got my plan all and the rest, I'm going to, you know, know what I'm going to do with the rest of the time. That's a good thing. So I, I, if for those that may want to find out more, want to get one of these checklists, we yes. give some checklists absolutely free. It's absolutely free. There's no cost. They simply go to our website. It's givers, plural, giversuniversity.com. On each page, there's a place to sign up for newsletters. It's absolutely free. We don't spam people. I, you know, I hate that. You know, you sign up for something. Next thing you know, you're getting six emails a day from them, you know, and unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. You know, I was just, it's so aggravating. And you, you think, man, why'd you do that? So the uh, so they're going to get an email from us. Say, yeah, do you want to hear from these people? They have to confirm. Then at that point onward, the, within minutes, they're going to receive their first free download from us. And it's called the six arrows that takers shoot at givers. And it's a really nice little checklist. Uh, and and it, it's thought provoking. When you look at it, you go, hmm, I could see that. Yeah, that's something to really think about. And I call that the, the green car theory. The green car theory works as this. 
we never notice how many green cars are on the road until when you buy one of your own. Exactly. Yeah. That was a man. I never saw so many green cars before. They were all there. They were always there. We just never, our, our attention wasn't focused on it. Our awareness wasn't focused. So that's what happens with these checklists. All of a sudden their attention gets focused. Then a couple of days later, they're going to receive another checklist. This is one of my favorites called the 25 do's. It's a two page checklist. I, I, I mentioned people, copy it, put it down and you put carry in your pocket and start to think not only from a self-assessment of the things we should be doing, but also to begin discerning in our relationships. And then once a week after that, we don't spam once a week, they're going to get an email on Thursdays and it's called the giver's toolbox. And the giver's toolbox is short. It's not a big, long, lengthy thing. It's not salesy or pitchy. There's always one new tool each week that they can add into the relationship discernment toolbox. And every single, so it's called the giver's toolbox. And it's a, it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. We know how busy everyone is, but at the same point, we want to get the information out there and we want to help them. And we're nurturers. We want to contribute to their lives and we want to walk our talk as givers. And uh, so uh, go to the, so it's go to giversuniversity.com, sign up for the newsletter. It's absolutely free. The downloads I mentioned are absolutely free from that. They'll learn about us and they'll learn about the courses and all the things we do in the future as you know, we share that information with them. But either week, they're going to get a great addition to their relationship toolbox that are going to help them with their lives. So thank you so much for having me on your great podcast. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I, I pray that your listeners have, uh, that have provoked some thought and made them think a little bit and pause and just think, you know what? you know, my kids need to discern a little bit more with their relationships and they need to learn how to do this. And maybe I should learn how to discern a little bit more with my relationships because of how, the, how they impact our lives in so many ways. So uh, thank you so much for having me on your great show. Oh, yeah. It's been my pleasure. And I'm sure that the listeners got a lot out of this. I can vouch for the newsletter. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan. I get it every week. Oh, great. I'm enjoying great. Awesome. it thank immensely. You. Great, and I know great, you're great. on you uh, all the social media, so I'll make sure that all your links are in the show notes. Is For there sure. any parting words that you'd like to uh, give the listeners? I'll share with you the um, three things that my mentor talked me into saying to myself over four decades ago. And since then, I've said these three things to myself every single day, many days, multiple times. But I can share with your listeners, if they learn these three things, it will help them in so many unexpected ways. And the three things are just as follows. It's three short phrases that go as follows. I will never give up. I will keep rising up. And I will always overcome. Beautiful. Those are, those are things that will draw anybody up, I think. That's, That's certainly our tent. Thank you very much for joining me today. I wish you a, a beautiful day. And not only that, please have your best day ever. Thanks for having me on. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.